episode two. Right now we're gonna interview Han, aka Pretty Boy Muhammad Timbers. Add him on Instagram if you're looking for a husky man that just came home with a lot of loving. <laughs> so right now I'm going to your uh your teen years, like before I knew you. Um so what were you doing in your teen years? Well, basically, you know, I'm the oldest of six, you know. My mother named Christine Timbers, marriage name is Wilson. Uh, I was born 1989, uh, September the 10th. Uh, well, basically growing up in the inner city of Philadelphia, North Philadelphia, that, uh, I really never had no father figure. Only woman that I knew my whole life was my mother. I had a stepfather that raised me, he came into my life when I was about probably five years old. And you know, I give my thanks to him because nowadays, a lot of women is growing up and raising their kids without no man in their life. And there's a lot of men out there that won't come in a woman's life when they have kids. So all praise be to a law, you know, and that man from taking a step and coming to our life and helping my mom raise us, that's always a blessing. Cause nowadays we need father figures and men figures cause that's what's wrong with the world now. Ain't no enough men out there to help the woman and raise these young men that's growing up. That explains all the love you show your females when you're dealing with them because of your beliefs. Right, and that got a major part to do with it because, you know, growing up, I mean, my mother and my stepfather had their ins and outs, but what couples don't, you know? So you try to fill that missing gap with your love. Absolutely, you can see that. All right, so um, what was you doing as a teen? Like, uh, as a teenager, how... Like, uh, we understand that you were incarcerated for 10 years. What got you in there? What type of activities were you doing? Well, you know, like like I said, you know, in the first beginning, you know, I grew up in the inner city of Philadelphia, North Philadelphia. So, growing up, I wasn't really into the streets like that. But as I got older, my mother and my stepfather, they split for like probably six months to a year. So during that time, my mother ain't had no man in her life at all. So I know bills need to be paid. You know, she need a hug. My little brother know what's going on without a father. My sister need a father. So I took that role as being a father and the oldest brother to help my mom fulfill her duties. Yeah. And with that being said, you know, like the good man that I once was, because I wasn't into the streets, like I said, I was far as, you know, playing ball, trying box, talk to the young ladies and all that, you know, like, my mind was far from inside the gutter, but when that happened, I felt like I was forced to be a man. So I started hanging around with the wrong crowd of people that ain't have my best interest at heart, you know. So I started doing dumb stuff like selling drugs, robbing people, you know, things in the nature like that. And I guess one day, one morning, my mom told me, was like, man, you know, we don't want to be kicked out if we ain't got the bills to pay the uh, electric or nothing. So I said, oh, Made a well, sacrifice. Right, so I said, it's even now or never. So I took it upon myself thinking I was doing something right when I knew it was wrong. And I went, I arrived at a place, which it was a Wawa. It was a couple people in there where some people basically got hurt and stuff like that. And I tried to get away, you know. But you know, they say, God take you to the place where you remember him the most yet. So he set me down yeah. for two years and four, two years and a half. My mistake. And while I was incarcerated, you know, I lost my mother in 2010. 
I really didn't know nothing about her sickness or her death like that until she was on her last day. And when I heard about it, me being so young and me only knowing my mother, I didn't know how to deal with the pain. So it caused me to act out, you know. So I kept doing things like fighting, getting caught with weapons, trying to stab people and stuff like that. But every time I did that and I went to the hole, I always sat down and I asked myself, was it worth it? And I was trying to be a people's pleaser. I tried to do everything that I do that people wanted to see. But yeah. in reality, you know, I was only hurting myself and my family. Because when you're doing time, you're not doing it by yourself. Your family doing it with you. Yeah. Because they missing you. They don't know what's going on out there. And I know I was stressing because at the end of the day, I knew I had three hots in the car on the streets. When I was locked up, it was hard because I didn't know where my sisters and my brother next to was going to come at. Where they was going to sleep and rest their head at. Yeah. I'm saying? And then I had a little brother, you know, that was growing up. And bad enough, my father left him. And for his oldest brother to leave him, he was forced to be a man too. So yeah. he took on that role model of what he thought was being a man, you know. And God's willing, you know, he's still alive. The Lord kept him alive. He's still doing whatever he's doing. And, you know, hoping one day he changed his ways, you know, because I love him. You know, but now that I'm home, you know, I came home on the right path, you know. Yeah, we're turning things around in 2018. Yeah, and, you know, like, um, I always told myself being locked up, like, when I came home, I didn't want to go back into the same activities what got me brought to prison the first time. So when I came home, you know, I fell in love with somebody, you yeah. know. No matter what the rumors or anything I heard and all that, I believe in somebody out there for everybody. So I fell in love with a woman named Janita, you yeah. know. And, uh, you know we've been Which is my sister, by the way, the crazy bitch. We've been in love and we've been dealing with each other for like six months. We have our ons and off and all that, but it's something that keep me grafting on to it because deep down I know she a good woman, you know. And my and that's that man, helping, that helping nerve that you got in you trying to force out, trying to help her out, even though she been involved in crazy activities. You seeing past it to try to help her. Absolutely, and I know it's people out there that wanted me to stop messing with her because they wanted to see her fall. But my whole thing was. You know somebody out there for everybody. You can't never give up on nobody that you say you love. And my whole thing is, you know, I felt crazy in love with not just her, but with her kids too. Because when you deal with a woman and she got kids, you just can't mess with the mother. It come with a whole package. So you got to take care of that whole package. You know, yeah. and there was times when we split up and all that. But I always maintained the stay in their life and made sure the kids had what they wanted. Because nowadays, somebody get into something with a woman. And when that happened, they forget everything. No, I can't do that because her son Drew, which is, he might not be my blood son, you know, but I love him like he is mine, you know, and I feel as though, like, all right, if I leave his mother, you know, like, he got a father, but who won't really be there for him like that? So I try to be there as much as I can for him. Whatever he asked me for, I try to give him, even if I ain't got it like that, I'm saying, yeah. I would give him the shirt off my back and same for his mother, like, you know, like, even if we don't work out. You know, like, I'm always had love for her. I'm always make sure she all right at the end of the day because that's the real man that's inside me. And I'm just hoping one day, you know, she see that she got a real man. I'm not going to say nigga because the word nigga shouldn't keep popping up in the man's vocabulary. So I'm going to say she got a real man in her life. And I know deep down she's a good woman. There's a good woman inside of her. It's just that where we at right now and the people she around you know, it's not really trying to help, but they keep trying to bring her down. So I think she's becoming her, a product of her environment. In order for her to see what she's doing wrong and what keep pulling her down, she got to get out of the city and be around people that she see that's on the type of time that she wanted to be on, which is a good mother to her kids. And I'm not saying she not, because she's an excellent mother. It's just that the streets 
got time. Sometimes they take control of us and we be so far into doing what we doing in the streets that we be blind to the people that we hurting the most, which is our family. You yeah. know what I'm saying? And when you got kids, they ain't asked to be here and you brought them here. It's your duty and obligations to take care of those kids because if not, you can't be a mother and treat your daughter as she your friend. Because if you treat your daughter like she your friend, as she get older, y'all gonna have a friend bond in a relationship, not a mother and daughter relationship or bond. Then she gonna start disrespecting you because her whole life you treated her like she was your friend instead of a daughter. And that's never good. I'm not saying you can't have fun with your daughter, but it's a time to be a mother and it's time to be a friend. You can be a friend with your daughter here and there, but the bigger goal is to teach your daughter how to be a woman. Because nowadays, correct. these young women now think it's cool to get pregnant because they see this man got a couple of dollars or he got a nice car. This man might got all that, right? But the moment he has sex with you, he done. He's done. Period. And another thing, like these drugs that's out here, man, like we really got to try to leave it alone, man, because like I come home and I see, man, the drugs is taking control of everything, man. Yeah, like, right now it seems like pharmacy companies is capitalizing on poverty areas so they're getting people hooked to their drugs and they're benefiting money off of it people are hooked on on perks which is an opiate and it's leading to them to do heroin at the end of the day a lot of people not strong enough to kick the addiction a lot of people are going on to the next step and I think that's the problem now in today's society, man. You know, the drugs are taking over everything, you know. And that and that's not right. That's just not right because it's bad enough for the death field. We already got a name from being, you know, a crazy city. You know, they call this the brotherly love. But where's the brotherly love at? Only love when somebody wants something or when somebody down? Like, I don't, like, I don't, I don't, I don't think that's right. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. if you call a silly a brotherly love, then I think everybody should be loving. Everybody should come together as one and love each other because you can't call silly brotherly love when there's nothing but hate, shots, murder, and the graveyards getting filled every day because every time you turn your head, somebody getting killed. I've seen online somewhere that Philadelphia was uh, the second poorest country in the, con- in the United States. And, you know, I I have heard about that, you know, numerous times and stuff, but at the end of the day, you know, nobody is going to ever know enough. You will never know everything about life in one lifetime. Yeah. It's impossible. But what you can do is, if you do, and you is trying to learn, is take time out when you're not doing nothing with yourself to read. Because the most important thing in this world, because the most important thing in this world is education. Yeah. Hold on, we got a phone call coming. Hello. <clears throat> My fault, what's up? I was I was I was I was in here doing something with him. Oh, I'll be there. All right. So um let's go into uh the first day you stepped in the jail, like what was, you, not stepping in a county jail, but stepping in upstate, what was like your thoughts, your first initial thoughts when you walked in and you know like, I gotta be here for more than a year? Well, basically, you know, when I first stepped inside the facility of being upstate, I was still young, so I looked at it like, dang, 
you know, like, I'm really away from my family and my friends. I'm in here with real killers, real people that did real name, people that ain't never coming home. So I always told myself, you know, you got to do the time. You can't let the time do you. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And, you know, I had that mindset when I stepped in there, but I started hanging around once again, the wrong people inside of prison. So I always ask myself, because when you get incarcerated, they ask you, what do you want your body send there? And when they first ask me That's that, That's the first like, question, right? Yeah, and I'm like, dang, what I want my body send that? Somebody gonna do something to me? And it was all laughs. They like, how old are you? I'm like, I'm 19. They said, no, because anything can happen. So if you die in prison there tomorrow, we need a place where it's though we can ship your body to. Yeah. Your next of kin or whoever. So I'm like, all right. So I always ask myself every day, like, why survive in this jail? Or why ever make it back home? Why ever get my freedom again? Or why die? in this jail by the hands of somebody that's jealous or hate me because I gotta do date or I gotta go home date because that's what people do in jail. They can kill you because you got a date to go home and they don't, you know? Yeah. So I always told myself that I had to carry that rule and I had to be strong inside there because, you know, people prey on the weak, you yeah. know? And that's why a lot of people get bullied because people pray on the weak. And that's a bad, 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 bad sign because there's always somebody out there that's bigger and better. Than it's you. like animal instincts. Like an animal is not going to go for the toughest food. Let's say, let's call the animals food. They're not going to go to the toughest food. You won't see a fucking a small tiger go at a big bear. But if it's a small fucking mongoose or some shit, he's going to hunt them down and get them. Same thing. We got animal instincts inside humans. Right. And then you got to look at scared person. When they scare you back them in the corner, what they going to do? They're going to protect themselves and they fuck around and kill you. Excuse my language. But, you know, nowadays, that's what's happening. People bullying people, but, you know, shots is being fired back. You know, because yeah. you bully somebody right now and whatever you did to that person, something 20 times, 100 times worse can happen to you or somebody that you love. And how you going to go try and do something to that person because they did something to your family when you out here doing something to somebody else's family? Yeah. The world don't work like that. You know, ain't no tip for tech, but at the end of the day, man, you got to really know, like, what you getting yourself into when you're out here on these streets, man, because the streets love none. So don't ever let nobody tell you that. The streets love none. The streets only love they suck. The streets can't talk and say they love you. Yeah. That's a myth. The streets love you. What? Yo. Yo. Huh? No, how I went to the store, it should be back in like two minutes. You heard me? Yeah, I got. All right, so. Yeah, yeah. All right, we're back from the break. Uh, so I want to ask, what's the craziest shit you ever saw in jail? Hey, I don't, I don't even know what it's. With that one, cause it was so much shit I seen my 10 years incarcerated, but I, I do got a crazy one. The only thing back when I do got crazy. 2012. 2012, I mistake, I think it was March 17th or the 21st. So we're coming up on six years since that happened. Right. Uh, all right. It was this guy 
we ain't gonna really get into the names right there, but brother Flan Flan, it was supposed to have been that he was a big performer out on the streets, but he had a lot of money. Uh, and you know, in jail, he had a lot of clout. You know, everybody looked up to him. Everybody wanted to be like him. They knew he had money. Everybody wanted to be next to him. They wanted to be him. The typical they, shit that happens when you got right. money. So, it was just one person. Mm-hmm. My brother Flan Flan. Hello? Oh, I've seen him already. Uh. Like I was saying, it was just one person that go back to, we ain't gonna get into no name, but Brother Flan Flan basically was like main man, hitman or whatever, you know, and which is, he was against that writing shit, you know, like he was really somebody out there too, but you know, he was messing with this female that took all his money, so he had to start from scratch, so his way of getting money was, if he heard you was a child molester or a rat, he was basically getting you out of there. In other words, he was stabbing you out and make you take PC. So, and he was doing this for the guy that had clout in the jail for a minute. Then, the woman got back that the person he was working for was telling. And he like, ain't no paperwork. I ain't believing it. But deep down, he already knew he had heard these rumors. But he didn't want whatever the rumor was to stop his money because Maiman was his only income. So... He took that as fuck. I'm gonna brush everything under the rug because I need the money that he giving me. So he started basically like continuing the business. So he started, you know, still stabbing people in their name. So once somebody that came up that he knew was telling him like, yo, like you don't even get into this right here. Like you hate this right and shit. Name like no matter how much money main man got, like he crossed that line. He broke the street code of never telling. So, I guess one day he said in his cell, he was like, dang, boy, right, I'm known for being a real nigga, he fucking my name up. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? No matter how much money he giving me. So, he took a pawn stuff one day to go at his boss. And we coming from childhood one day, you know, it's snowing. Was it snow? I think it was. It was, it was snow because it's in the mountains of snow until like uh, June. It was snowing. He catch main man coming from the childhood and all that. He tell him like, listen. The money that you owe to me and all that, I'm going to need extra on that whatever because I'm about to go to the old. Mayman told him that he didn't have the money, but he was going to have the JP sent. So he says Mayman was lying. So we call these knives up, stomach set, transformers. They big. If you get caught with you get charged up or you get like a year in the hole. So he stabbed Mayman with the knife. But when he stabbed him, he stabbed from the left side and then come out his neck through the right side. God he pulled it out. Man. He pulled it out and st- Keep stabbing and keep stabbing and keep stabbing and keep, keep stabbing. They say about a six stab, Mamian was already dead. But because he felt some type of way, because he felt Mamian was spending him and he was getting more time over keep basically like stabbing people up for him. He took mm-hmm. all the rage out that he was feeling on Mamian. So he stabbed him. If I'm not mistaken, I think they said over 104 times and all that. Then turned the knife because he already had time to do. He turned the knife and stabbed his son. He died. They brought him back to life on the table and all that. So he and tried to kill himself. He tried to kill himself. But they rushed him to the uh, hospital. They brought him back to life on the, on the table. And when they brought him back to life on the table and all that, they told him like he was going to be in the hospital for, for a minute. So while he was in the hospital and all that, he was doing stuff like not eating, not eating. So they just kept shooting him with food inside yeah. the needles and stuff. Force feed. Yeah, because he basically was still trying to kill himself. So when he did come out the hole and all, I mean, come from the... Uh, hospital they took him to the hole because he still had to face the whole time because of what he did 
So they had surveillance on him because you know he was trying to kill himself. So he ain't really had no weapons. But when he messed up, they had a sheet in there. So what he do, he turned tied the sheet into the light and he hung himself. Again, he tried to kill himself. It didn't work. God, he came there just in time to, to get him. So one day he was coming out the shower, and when he did, when he come out the shower, they got you in handcuffs. You, you got a guard on your left and the guard on your right. So what he did is do himself over the banister while cuffs on, killed himself and cracked the skull. He died with his eyes open. God damn, he probably didn't realize dying was so hard. I don't even think he felt it because he had the ground so hard. I think, you know, like. It didn't, it didn't even matter to him because and how many stories up was it like five god damn so you know that was some crazy that was some crazy stuff and another episode I seen this man he didn't see his daughter in 22 years he didn't even know he had a daughter until he had to take the uh, DNA test so when he finally met her on a visit he was already old like 85 years old so his first time seeing his daughter when he came home back my pardon when he came back to the unit from seeing his visit the moment he stepped in the cell, he wasn't in the cell for 10 seconds. He tipped over and died. His first time seeing his daughter, a couple seconds after that, God he went damn. to the cell and died. He had a heart attack. At least he got the minute before he died. Yeah, and, that was crazy. And and that go back to saying, that's why you got to treat people with respect because you never know when a law or, you know, because I don't know how many of y'all that's going to be listening to this is Muslim or not. So I'm going to say God. You never know when God going to call your number. That's why you post it everyday life is your last. But even if you do live everyday life is your last, make sure you still treat people with the respect that you want them to give you. Yeah. You got to because you're going to be here today and going tomorrow. You're going to be here this second and die the next second. So you never know. So that's why you always got to treat people with respect, even if you don't like them. You ain't got to let that person know you don't like them. You know, if they disrespect you, then, you know, you do what you do. But always trying to show people respect because you never know who you're going to need one day. And you never know who watch you because always somebody outside looking in. Yeah, for real. So, since we love music on this podcast, give me your top five rappers of all time. Well, you know, I would have to say, you know, everybody loves Tupac and Big, you know, they made a way for a lot of rappers these days. Mm-hmm. If it wasn't for them, a lot of these rappers nowadays wouldn't even exist. Basically, they opened the door because a lot of people so much looked up to them and wanted to be like them that you got the Kendrick Lamars, you got the Jay-Z's and stuff like that, you know? So, like, that was two of them right there and Jay-Z, you know, because they say a genius have left the hood. A genius definitely did leave yeah. the hood because nobody ever thought that a black man could have all that power that he got. Yeah. And far as another one, I would have to say, basically, I would have to say it was 50 because he turned himself from being a dub and he seen that that life wasn't getting any no more and he became a businessman. So he showed young guys out there that it's never too late to change. Yeah. You know, when there's a will, there's a way. Anything learned can be unlearned. You know what I'm saying? So he definitely showed the guys that, or I showed y'all this way, the gangster way. But, you know, we ain't getting no younger. We getting older. So I got to change my way because if I'm ahead kids, my kids going to look up Transition to the TV like a motherfucker. Right. So he changed it. So he changed his ways. And I would have to say, basically, even though she's not no rapper no more, I would still have to say MC Light. You know, so I would got a female in your top five. Yes. You know, because a lot of these, you know, females don't get credit <clears throat> as all the way how they're supposed to be having. People think females 
can't do this or females can't do that. You know what I'm saying? Females carried us for nine months in their stomach. A female yeah. did that. So why can a female do anything else? If she carried a human being in her stomach for nine months and pushing them out, which is a life and death situation because yeah. you're not guaranteed to live when you had this child. That's why they say it's a life and death situation. You know what I'm saying? So I believe, you know, a female can do anything. You know what I'm saying? So we need to give more credit to a woman too because they're not getting the proper credit that they deserve. You know, and that's why they say we don't need a man in our life. I can do this because nowadays the men is not giving them the credit that basically that they deserve. You got women out here raising 10, 5, 1 child on their own without no men in their life. Yeah. Yeah. So how can a female or a woman can't do this? If a woman can raise five, six kids, one kid, whatever, on her own, then she can do anything. That's true. Anything anything at all. So for y'all women out there, don't never let a man say, y'all can't do this. Y'all can't do that. Believe none of what you hear half of what you say. If you believe you can do it, then you can achieve it and you can. Yeah. What's your take on Donald Trump? I mean, you know, like, at the end of the day, man, you know, I don't really think he's a all the way bad person. I think he's just stuck in his ways. And, you know, it's like when somebody young and they say he did this and he did that. Then when they get old, they say, well, if he was doing this back in the day and they get old, why do people get old and they become so grumpy? Yeah. I don't really have the answer to that. And I will never know because I really never sat down and thought about it. But at the end of the day. What I think is, I think... When Obama, when when they had some type of presidency seminar or whatever it was, when Obama embarrassed them in front of all those uh, politicians or whatever it was, I think he said something in Donald Trump's head where he's like, I'm going to get the last laugh or whatever. And after Obama left, he became president and really made it happen. And now I think he's just power tripping because you got to think he's a billionaire. He's not used to being told no. And I think he's just power tripping, like, on the fact that he's the president right now. And like, I think he fucking... And right, and when I look at his wife, I think he abused the bitch. And like, it's something about me thinking, like, he abuses his power in the politician world. Why wouldn't he abuse his wife? That's how I feel. I look at her and I see, like, she really don't want to be there, but how can she say no? And then, you gotta look back onto what... And I'll fuck that bitch. And you gotta look back onto what he's saying because it's like if a if a female know they got a man that's getting a lot of money, right? And they don't know if they want to somebody else that's taking care of them. And it came out that she was a high end prostitute. I wouldn't put a passing, but that go back to a female having a guy with a lot of money, and she think because he got a lot of money he spoiled her that she should just keep. Dealing with him beating her ass and yeah, a lot home. of females think like it's that. because she don't want to leave him because and it's not love there because with love he won't be putting his hands on it but it's a money thing because she want to be cherished and she want all the money she want the high glorious things in life so she taking this man keeping his hands on her in order to still look good and have all the nice things in life yeah. which is wrong because at the end of the day money don't make you happy you can do what nah. you want with money but money don't make you happy but. You ever stand in a relationship with somebody that's beating your ass because he know he got the money to take care of you, so he'll beat your ass and give you money and knowing you won't be good and going by your day? Or you rather go somewhere and start your own and be independent and don't need no man that's... Because right now, if he if, if she do decide to leave him, 
and she leave the politician world alone or whatever she gonna do. Because the bitch is dumb as shit, I think. Like, I don't think she has the brains to be a real politician in the political world. But if she wants to leave them today or tomorrow, you know how many clubs are going to book her just to show up? Like, like if she could become a fucking um, a public figure like them Instagram mm-hmm. bitches say on a page, that bitch would be... She could, she could definitely get 10, 20 grand a, a club uh, show every time she showed up to a club. They'll definitely pay her for that shit. And it's like, basically, man, like... We can't cry over spoil you milk. He's the president now, so we got to deal with it. Until they impeach him or something happened to him. And I don't wish death on nobody. But we got to deal with it now. You know, he's been the president now, going on a little minute now. Can't nobody really say nothing I about always him. say the presidency shit don't affect me unless they really do some crazy shit where they, they forcing us out of our houses or right. some crazy shit. It don't affect me. They never, no matter who the president was, the hood never got better. The hood was still the hood. And that go back to, and that go back to saying basically like back to the drug thing. You know what I'm saying if you know you're taking a drug that's basically destroying your body and killing you, why keep doing it? Yeah. Why keep doing it? Your life more important. Your life way more important than some damn drug. You know what I'm saying so you're gonna keep taking this drug because the high make you feel like. Good for an hour or two. Whatever the situation, maybe you taking them. These drugs are here basically to harm us, to kill us. No matter how much money you get, no matter how good it make you feel, they're here to kill us. They bring them in because they know we're going by it. And it's killing us. And the more bodies that drop is the less people that they got to worry about in this world. That's why they trying to arrest all the men because they know that the longer the men is out here, the more... Woman is gonna be pregnant, and the more woman that's pregnant is, they think in their heads that more crimes and violence is gonna come because they think that all the Hispanics, all the blacks, even the whites that's out in the drug game or doing whatever they doing and all that, if they get this woman pregnant, she have a a, a female that the female basically gonna be a prostitute, or if they have a male or a little boy, he's gonna take in his he's gonna, he gonna take in his footsteps of his dad and be a drug dealer because they say the apple don't fall too far from a, from the tree, and the prisons is filled up. They say you build them, they gonna come, and when they said that, I read it. If you build it, they gonna come, and I had to think about it, you know. And it's right because if you build the jail today or tomorrow by June, you gonna have then a five thousand inmates in there. Yeah, for sure. They're gonna be locking people up just to fill the jail up. And every time they get locked up, there's money in their pocket. We making them rich. Yeah. And that's what people do when they don't got no power or authority, and they finally do get it. They abuse their authority because they never had power before, so they want to see how it is. They start looking. They start looking at humans as a dollar sign. Right. And stop looking at them as humans. Right. And all we is is a dollar them. That's all we gonna ever be is a dollar them. Yeah. That's all we gonna be. They don't care two fucks about us. The food is all. fucking horrible. Like the food they serve, I really don't think like my cat will eat the shit. Like, and it's just, and it's just crazy because I, I think there's so many people out there that's rich and got so much money, but y'all see these people that ain't got nowhere to live. It shouldn't take for something to happen. To them in order for y'all to put money out there to help them. If y'all got all this money and y'all claim that y'all for the people, y'all are the people, it shouldn't take for a storm or something to come for y'all to all gather y'all money and build shelters and all that. 
Y'all should, I think y'all should do that ahead of time so they can have somewhere to go. Not driving past and looking at somebody like, dang, I feel sorry for that person. Yo, you feel sorry for that person? Get out the car and help that person. Get that person an outfit on their back. Go ahead, here, go get that person to run. Even if it's a couple of dollars, you know what I'm saying? Make that person feel happy. Make them feel as though they not lesser than you are because you're richer than them. You yeah. can't do that. You can't do that because, you know, every dog have his day. That same person that you drove past and looked like they wasn't shit will be the same person if you fought a day tomorrow and you ain't had no money that'll see you and probably help you. When you see him years ago or her years ago and you ain't do nothing for them. Mm-hmm. I looked that shit up uh, a few weeks ago. Like, um, uh, homeless people who got lucky and hit the lottery and shit like that. And... In one case, this guy was homeless for like 18 years. And when he hit the lottery, he hit for like 100 grand or some shit like that. And all he did was buy a new tent. He was so accustomed to living outside that he didn't want to live in a house. All he did was buy like a new tent. And he gave, he was in like one of those areas where like a lot of homeless people live. So he gave each homeless person around him like a thousand dollars, and all he did was buy a new tent. That shit was the craziest shit I saw. But we're gonna wrap this episode up. This was episode two. Follow Muhammad on on uh, Instagram at Pretty Boy Muhammad Timbers. Episode three should be later on today. We're gonna interview Kuba. I said that last episode, but. We really got to make it happen this time. And y'all enjoy yourselves, man. Have a good day, man. Remember everything that we said. Really take heed. And we out. This is the crazy. This is the house arrest in a crazy house podcast.